Welcome back, everybody, to the Magic Cast. This is Greg, and I've got Alex and Julian with me, and we've got a lot to cover as it relates to Roma. A lot of changes. We've got players coming in. We've got players going out. We've got friendlies played. We've got the verb baptista-ing, which I am guaranteeing will catch on, I swear. It's way better than fetch. And we've Stop got trying to make it happen, Greg. <laughs> You're, I think every time I make that it's reference, never gonna happen. Julian is the only one that, that gets it, and I love you for it. So, uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, Rudy Garcia as well. Some early impressions as the team has taken the pitch a few times and, uh, what we've seen out of his version of Roma Calcio as well as questions perhaps maybe from the folks on Twitter. Maybe. Yes. No. Who knows? We'll find out soon. And, uh, so guys, lots going on, a lot of changes. Let's start with the Mercato. Biggest surprise so far for you of this summer transfer season? Struthman coming in. Yeah, I guess we got to go with that one. Yeah. I was also somewhat surprised at Mykon coming back to Roma. Weird seeing him not in an Inter shirt in Italy. Yeah. So, well, sure. All right, so let's talk about Struthman first. The surprise level based on his skills, surprise level based on his position and how he plays it. Surprise level based on the transfer value. Just give me some details, guys. For me, at least, it was based on all the clubs that supposedly was interested in uh, getting his signature and then ending up in uh, Roma, who is currently without Europe and has been so for the past two years. So I was kind of... Um, I mean, PSV... They are a, a Champions League team, aren't they? So I was a bit surprised that we captured him because he was always linked to Manchester United the past seasons. I think PSV are a bit of a selling team this uh, this Mercato. They also sold um who is that winger they sold to Napoli? Was it Martens? Yes. Um, yes. I think they sold him. I think he's from PSV. Maybe not. I could make that up. Um, yeah, no, but I agree with Alex. He was linked to a lot of big names. I had a very interesting talk with someone on Twitter who told me that he came to Roma because we're Italy's new Manchester City and we paid more wages than anyone else could have, which I thought was fascinating considering we've been slashing wages left and right all over the place. Um, so it's definitely not for the wages. He can't be making much more than two million if he's making that much a season. Um, I think honestly it came down to Rudy Garcia and, and the, the project. I know our project hasn't really taken off yet. But there's still very much the sense here that Palota and company want this to be a big club. Um, and, you know, we still have big players. We still have Totti, who Michael Bradley called the best player he's ever played with. Um, maybe not such high praise coming from Michael Bradley, but still important. We have De Rossi, Pjanic just stayed at the club, um, and he was, he was linked to be a transfer away, which makes our midfield pretty, pretty damn strong, actually, if you think about it. It's pretty deep now. Um, but I think it's exciting. You know, he's, he's definitely a good player. He's been pretty impressive in preseason. I think he fills a, a, a creative box-to-box midfield role, um, hopefully allowing De Rossi to stay a little bit further back than he's been in recent seasons. I'm interested to see how everyone's going to gel together in the midfield, but he's a good signing, I think. But just to add to the surprise element, he talked to Stecklenburg, and I would be like, yeah. fuck these guys, everything <laughs> he said. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I think he spoke well of us, so a big uh, applause to Stecklenburg. That was yeah, uh, I was worried yeah. too. 
So. I was definitely worried about that. I thought he was going to forget, you know, trash us. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but Secklenburg was never really hated by the Tifosi. I think it, it was more kind of mutual disappointment on both sides. Stecklenburg yeah. wasn't as good as we hoped, and Roma probably weren't as good as Stecklenburg hoped they were going to be. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did say, you know, it's a great club, it didn't work out, you know, it happens, but, you know, maybe you'll be a better fit than I was, something along those lines. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, it was classy, especially given given the way he left the club. It's funny, though, i got to say, I didn't think De Sanctis would be a big upgrade on Stecklenburg, especially if you told me that, like, two years ago. I've been pretty impressed with De Sanctis, too. Maybe I'm just blindly optimistic. He's been a pretty decent shot stopper so far in, in uh, preseason. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. He's uh, He's been good, and I think, uh, you know, little mistakes here and there, but what impresses me the most or what I think they've needed the most is how vocal he is in the back. I mean, yeah. he is, he is screaming. He's a talker. Yeah, he is. And, and, you know, I was trying to figure out exactly what language he was speaking in because he was yelling at Marquinho, uh, against Chelsea. And I mean, you could hear it. The, the TV mics were picking it up and he, and it just, he has this kind of like a growl to him when he's talking and when he's yelling. Um, and that's great. I think, uh, I think the back line needs it. Um, and, uh, so I think that kind of a field general we really haven't had. And, and, yeah. Donny, Donny was we, good in the, we, you know, in the sense that he could actually communicate with them. He spoke the same language and everything. Uh, we actually have to, that's important. I think we have to bring this up. I don't know if you guys heard, but Donny retired yesterday from football. Yes. Um, yes. completely. Um, and I think we should pay tribute to him because, I don't know if anyone hadn't heard this yet. I tweeted it out. Um, I don't know. It wasn't really picked up that much. I didn't see it on many websites, but, um, as everyone knows, he left us to go to Liverpool in 2011. He almost never played there. Um, he left pretty abruptly and it was later revealed that he left because he had a heart attack while on the team. He's a pretty young guy. I think he was like 32 at the time. Um, and he ended up going back to Brazil. I'm not even sure how much he played there. I think it was very minimal, if at all. And he called it quits. Two days ago now, maybe it was yesterday, um, at the age of 33, um, because of the heart condition he has, which makes it pretty dangerous to play professional sports. So, um, you know, from a Roma fan, we had a lot of really good years under Dolny. I don't think anyone's going to deny that he was a very frustrating goalie at times, but his positioning, his positioning could be pretty bad, but he was a very good shot stopper, and he was a very, very important part of the Spalletti era, and, um, I actually, I remember it was, there was an interview on FIFA.com, right, actually, ironically enough, right before he left the club, where he talked about how much he loved Roma and how he wanted to, if possible, like, stay and play there his whole career. And it, it didn't work out, you know, really for us or for him. But, um, you know, Roma even tweeted, they wish him all the best, dude. He was nothing, he seemed nothing but a good guy. So, yeah. um, yeah. hats off to Tony. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's definitely a shame. And, and I, I think, if anybody is looking for anything to, to glean from what he meant to Roma or how much he cared about Roma, probably better. Uh, Oscar from Blogistuta had retweeted uh, the post that he had done back in, I think, 2010, talking about Doni and and how he how much he played through injuries and and uh, you know the things that he really did for the team and how he was really a you know somewhat of a stabilizing force for them during that run of success. 
uh, and yeah. maybe un, 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 uh, justly vilified as the, as things kind yeah. of change a little bit within the organization. That's a so, fair point too. yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like, uh, I mean, I definitely want to encourage people to go find that, that link, um, from Oscar on, uh, Bloggy Stuta and, and read it because it's just, it's fantastic and, and just really kind of, Painting the picture of uh, of either the man that we knew or the man that we really didn't know, uh, as it relates to our shot stopper during that great run under Spalletti. You know, he does have a pretty bad reputation, but I think you brought up a really good point, Greg, about how he's underrated. He wasn't the only reason for this, but he he was part of Roma in an era where we were finishing second pretty consistently, and we were in the Champions League, and we did impressive stuff like beating Real Madrid, you know, away at the Bernabeu, which is, I mean, think about it now. It'd be, like, incomprehensible for this Roma team to even go toe-to-toe with this Real Madrid team. But there was a time when we beat them home and away twice. Um, and he was part of that team. And, you know, he was an integral part to that side's success with the Copa wins and the Supercopa. Um, so, you know, he, he definitely, he has a place in this club's history. And I'm sad it had to end this way because he does really seem like a genuinely good guy in a sport filled kind of with mercenaries and, and money-hungry people. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I don't want to be a party pooper, so I I won't say too much about Tony because I like I liked uh, I liked him, uh, and I do agree it's sad, but uh, I never rated him as a great goalkeeper, and don't agree that he was underrated, but I, I do agree he was, I don't know, he catched a lot of criticism which I don't agree with so basically I think he was a decent goalkeeper and he did his job and for that I'm grateful yeah I don't I don't know that we're trying to say much more than that Alex um, it's much more to that latter point that I think that that is is where you know the conversation really needs to be had and that he mm-hmm. you know a lot of criticism was levied his way that you know really wasn't necessary and yeah um, but yeah, best, best to him and, and his health, obviously, first and foremost. And, um, hopefully he can, uh, rebound successfully. No pun intended on rebound <laughs> with Tony. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Sanctus in good improvement so far. At least he's controlling the defense, at least. Strutman in, um, Alex, you haven't seen him play. Julian, why don't you give me your first impressions of, uh, of Kevin Strutman. Yeah, um, like I said, my, I've seen a lot of his stuff. I haven't seen everything. I was in Punta Cana when, um, we played Chelsea. I managed to catch some of it actually on replay the next day, um, in Spanish. And I don't speak a word of Spanish, so I didn't know what the hell was going on. But, um, from what I said, from what I saw, he, he looked pretty good. He, he gave me the same impression I got at the All-Star game, which is when he's on the field, he's got a presence. And he he, he has a very unique way of running, I think. You you know when you're looking at Strutman, even if it's in like a fishbowl, you know, watching like a your, your stream through a fishbowl kind of thing. Um, he's powerful. I think you can see that in the way he runs. Um, but he's got, he's got like an attitude about him, which I think is important. When he has the ball, right. he always looks like he's trying to win and do something with it. He, he never really looks like he's looking just to make the easy pass, but he always looks like he's, he's actively trying to get the team up the pitch. And I like that a lot. Um, I think he actually compliments the other teammates he has well. People were saying, you know, if he comes in, does that mean Dorossi's leaving? And I maintain the whole time, no. And we'll, we'll get to Dorossi's quotes in a second that you brought up before, Greg. Um, 
but because he he kind of fills a role no one else really does that well i don't know how to describe he's kind of like a, a hulking midfield presence right now um in that he's he's pretty he's decently creative and he's decently defensive but i think he's good going box to box um i don't know if he's necessarily a regista i mean he, he can kind of be he hasn't really struck me as like a pirlo or chavi kind of player yet um I think he'll work well in a midfield three where maybe like him and Pjanic share offensive duties. Him and De Rossi share some defensive duties. And then Pjanic would be the main offensive guy, De Rossi the main defensive guy. Um, I, I don't know. That's kind of how he's struck me so far. What did you say, Greg? I, I, I sit in a lot of, uh, you know, the same camps of what you just mentioned. I think, um, I definitely agree that coexisting is not going to be a problem. Uh, I think, uh, even if you wanted to throw, and, and actually we saw it briefly uh, during the preseason games, you want to throw De Rossi, Bradley, and Strutman out at the same time. I don't necessarily think that we're you know going to be lesser off for it. I mean, yes, it, it'd be nice to have somebody that's a little bit more attack minded, but Strutman was very, very well going forward, very well, and he's got probably of those three the best touch. Uh, on the ball in tight spaces and, and, uh, and passing in and around the final third. Um, so that's a, a definite plus. The one, two that he played with, uh, uh, or actually the, the nice little slip pass to, to him from Bradley and then him sliding the ball and Struten sliding the ball across for Talo's, uh, little sliding tap in there uh, against the All-Stars was just a really great combination play from, from two, you know, midfielders high up the pitch that are leading the creative play. So I think there's a lot of value in, uh, in, in those guys. And I think even though they're cut from the same cloth, I think there's enough variation in their style of play to have them coexist. That being said, it's only going to be, uh, an injury or a suspension that'll probably put all three of them out there at the same time. Um, but it, you know, it improves our depth certainly on the bench. If we have Florenzi coming off the bench for offense, uh, who's been fantastic in the preseason and Bradley coming off the bench just, you know, presumably for, for defensive, uh, coverage. Um, that, that's a, that's great depth. And, uh, I really like, um, the midfield package right now. I think it's been our strongest set throughout the, uh, the preseason so far, but let's, if we can, if you guys are cool with it, let's jump to the back four because I know Julian, that's something you wanted to talk about. We've got a new back four, uh, a new back five. If we really want to count the goalie, so um, we can kind of jump into some of that if you guys are ready to tackle that topic. Well, should we start with? Uh, isn't Marquinhos uh, the sale of him uh, the biggest in uh, Roma history? Did we? Yeah, I can't remember. Did had it happened yet the last time we talked, or it hadn't happened? No, yet? no. We talked about Barcelona being interested in uh, okay. signing okay. him, uh, and uh, I think Julian and me and you talked about uh, what kind of signal that would send if we sold him. Yeah, uh, we and did. I and I've I've since changed positions, and part of that was accepting reality, and part of it was, you know, kind of opening my eyes a bit. But um, but yeah, I don't think we covered that. All right, so then let's let's definitely talk about uh, Marquinhos with the S because that's how he does. Um, and let's discuss his departure. I mean, we're talking about a guy that we acquired 
at 18, 17 years old, 18 years old for 3 million and sold for 35 million. I think it was, I think it was more expensive than that, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, cause we paid, we paid an initial amount. Yeah, yeah, and then we had to pay more for, um, once he made a certain number of appearances, which made him oh, fully right. Roma. Which right, was, so I, I think it was maybe uh, around like five million or so, something like that. We, we made yeah. a hell of a profit off of him. It's not yeah. often you can sell players for six times what you bought them for. Um, actually, arguably almost never. That almost never really happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was, last time I was on here, I made a, a very adamant argument that we had to keep him at all costs. Part of me still believes that, but there's, there's two reasons why I think I was okay with him leaving. Ignore what part? When you say things like that. Yeah, that's fine. You can also just ignore it. Um, but actually three reasons. One is that we brought in Benatia, who I think is one of Serie A's best defenders. So if you're going to lose a, a great defender, it helps to have one of the best in the league to replace him. That kind of eases the pain. It's not like we replaced him with just Jedvaj, or however you want to say his name. Jedvaj. That's right. Um, second one is that that kind of money is just absolutely insane. When you actually sit down and think about it, we got paid more than a million euros for every top flight game he's ever played in his entire career, including the matches he's played in Brazil. A PSG, I don't know what they're playing at. I mean, clearly they have silly money to throw around, but to pay 30 million euros, I mean, for a defender who's 18, who spent one season in Europe is crazy. And Marquinhos has a lot of potential, but the third reason is as much as I love him and as much as I don't think this is a possibility whatsoever, there remains the tiniest of chances that he'll never be more than a one season wonder or that He'll get injured and he'll never be like he was before. Or that next year his form is going to dip and he won't be worth 35 million euros again or whatever it happened to be. So for all those reasons, I think that when they came knocking, Roma kind of had to sell. And I think they, they did a lot of good with the money. We turned around, we bought Benatia and Strutman with it. We kind, you know, we kind of addressed two gaping holes that we needed to address. Now, admittedly, one we created with the sale of Marquinhos, but to help cover the whole and improve the, the one left behind by Taxidis was really cool. So, for yeah. all those reasons, you know, I wish him all the best. I love him. I, I named him my player of the year on my blog on ESPN when I wrote about him. Um, Good plug. So, there, there's no doubt about that, but I, I think he can do very well at PSG. I, For him's sake, I hope it's not a bridge too far too soon. You know, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him there, but he's learning alongside Tiago Silva, who's always a great teacher. Uh, so, yeah, and I also think What do you think, Alex? Uh, I don't think we could have bought Strutman unless we had sold Marquinhos. So I think they probably knew the what kind of options they would have with selling Marquinhos. And I think they made the right move to improve the midfield uh, at the cost of perhaps losing a big uh, central defender. Yeah, so... Mentally, I've been working on uh, a piece I wanted to write, and, and maybe I just won't write it, and I'll, I'll just say it here uh, to save myself the time and energy. Um, but basically, if you remove the names and forget about the names, Strutman, Maicon, Marquinhos going out, but more so the, the players coming in, Benatia, even the earlier look at Nangolan, however you want to say his name, this is the Mercato they should have had the first summer they took over, where they're trying to get some established people that know the league, that are 
steady players, consistent yeah. players. This is an interesting argument because there's something much different about this summer that didn't, we didn't have the other two summers. Exactly. Which is that Baldini's exactly. absence. Well, if you have these young kids, you could have allowed them to come, and, and they didn't have to be the star right away. They could have worked their way towards that. And well, with, that's, with that's these just steady a mixed, mixed effect, though, because we've seen Lamella get better, you know, season season after season. Well, there's only two seasons, but he got better the second season, undoubtedly. Um, True, but I, see what you're I saying. think it, there was no steady. There was no steady elements to the to the lineup. How many times over the last two years have we seen Perotta have to step in into a match because it's too much of a risk to put anybody else out there? I mean, it, it may not have reached. It's too many, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look at all these because there was. You're looking at uh, Jose Angel, you know, who just he couldn't cut it. You know, when you're and you putting know what's, you know what's really funny about this, Greg, was that when Baldini first left, the 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 murmur on the internet was that Roma got rid of the wrong guy. People wanted Sabatini to go and keep Baldini. But at the end of this summer, and this might be controversial, I could be proven so wrong here, like I've been proven so wrong in the past. I honestly think this is a hell of a strong Mercato we've had. Even the gambles we've taken, like DeSantis and Mike on, for the amount we've paid for them. And for the contracts they're on, it's really a no-risk scenario. We're not left with any dead weight. They're on two-year deals. They came for nothing, and they're not making that high, of, as far as we know, that high of a salary. Now, we have to wait for Gazzetta to reveal salary, since Roma apparently doesn't do that anymore. But um, if neither of them work out, they just walk away next summer. It's not a big deal. It's it's not like, you know, the, instead of like these complicated loan deals and like these weird youngsters like Goikoi, well Goikoi wasn't even young, but like you know these these kind of odd moves are like we we get people on loan, but then we'd have to have options to buy and stuff. It, you're right, it's more experience, and the older guys are getting shorter contracts, which makes a lot of sense. But they're also adding a lot of experience to the back. Now it's still a gamble because if we're going to rely on Baltaretti and Maicon as fullbacks, it might work. They're going to have to be much better than they were last year. Um, I still think both have a lot to give. I'd, I'd feel more comfortable, I think, if we had a, a better backup to Balzaretti. But, yeah, we've seen Franco uh, Baldini, with Baldini gone, we've seen Walter Sabatini kind of unleashed so far this Mercato, and it's been pretty interesting. Yeah, it's tough because you, you don't really know who is pulling what strings, and it's tough to, you know, you don't want to completely pin it on uh, one over the other. Um, you never know if it was... You know, maybe, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, it's Garcia that's really pulling the strings, not Sabatini. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Zanzi too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, I would, I would hope not because he doesn't know anything about the sport from, from that perspective. But, you know, I think it's tough to, it's tough to really say who, I don't want to say is to blame, but who could possibly have been uh, or, or to give credit to yeah. it's, it's You're right. It's, it's too simplistic. But what we did know before was that Sabatini was the transfer guru, but Baldini had a say in it. Now, more or less, it kind of seems like it's Sabatini on his own. That's not to say Garcia, Zanzi, Palota don't have a say in, in the Mercato, but Walter Sabatini is the sporting director. He's the one who makes these decisions. And um, Franco Baldini, let's not forget, this is a man who tried to resign before, took full blame. Roma didn't let him. Tried to do the same thing this time, and Roma accepted it. So at some level, there was an acceptance of the fact that he was at least partly responsible, as was everyone, no doubt. Right, um, right. But 
I, I don't want to over, everyone kind of, I don't know why, but the immediate reaction to Baldini's, you know, firing, axing, res- resignation was that he was kind of a martyr for the cause and he shouldn't have left. But this was a right. guy who repeatedly said that he, he was at fault here too. So I don't, I didn't really understand, unless, you know, we're, we're dragging this out and people were saying, oh, he was just saying that because he's such a class guy, which I think is kind of a ridiculous argument to refute the man's own words and say he only said those things because of how good he is. Um, you know, there, there's blame to go around, but, and I'm not saying, like I said, this could be a gamble that doesn't work either. But at yep. least we're, at least we're not making the same mistake. If we're going to make a mistake, let's make exactly. a different one. Exactly, and that was my concern initially with going to Garcia. I mean, it's like how many times are we going to roll with this, the guy who has a, a similar? See, I, I disagree on mindset. that too, Greg. I think Garcia is only similar, maybe in his formation, maybe in that he likes attack-minded football. Yes, well, yes, but he's a winner. That's, that's something that that's the other guys didn't going. have. That's where I was going a little bit was there's so much more beyond the formations being similar. Yes. Okay. Um, so totally I didn't know that up front. So initially I was like, oh, you know, here we go again. Another 4-3-3 attacking football guy. Um, oh, but he's he come to- out. He said the right things. He's preached how important defense is. Uh, I love how he has the midfielders playing, how there's less of a set role and how he wants just everybody to be, you know, a little bit more free form in the, in the midfield so that, I think that hides a little bit of the need for a, a complete regista. As we ended last year, I know that was number one on our shopping list was we need a regista. Mm-hmm. But I think he's kind of masked a little bit of that um, with with the way yeah, he has need, midfielders playing. So Exactly. You need a regista if you're going to play in a system that demands one. But if you're going right. to play in a different kind of system, you don't necessarily need one. It's just that Zayman wanted to use one so badly and didn't have one. didn't have one, yes. Andrea Zoli kind of threw out the whole idea in a way, but also did, and I don't know, it's complicated, but it's it's clear that, like, Michael Bradley can't be a regista. Daniele De Rossi is not a regista. Pjanic, I would still argue, is not a regista. I don't think Struman is either, but they could balance each other out to the point where... We just need we need someone who can do creative passing. It doesn't have to be Pizzotto or Xavi. You know, it could be Strutman and Pjanic together take down that role. You know, I think Strutman and De Rossi might be have similar qualities in offensively and defensively, and this gives our midfield it gets a bit more dynamic. I think because yeah, you know, they can uh, switch roles or position. So I, yeah, I'm no. actually excited to see De Rossi and Strutman together because I think they together can give us uh, more up front and more uh, defensive power at the same time. Yeah, and I think one of the things that it that it it also does is it allows for like you know we've talked about for for a long time now we want to see the DDR of old right we miss we miss him and we love him and. And a lot of people have different views on what the old DDR means. Some of it think it's the, you know, the, the DDR that, that just blankets, you know, the other team's attacks and, and keeps them under control and, and makes great slide tackles and, and then turns and gets things going the other way. Um, but also, you know, there was a part where he was a little bit more aggressive earlier in his career and he was, you know, sitting at the top of the box and he was the, the late midfielder into the box and the attack and, I think what is helpful here is that this allows him to be both or neither or whatever it is that, you know, the, the moment yeah. requires. Well, that's, that's, that's Garcia's tricky role is to, is to make sure 
is to first of all he can if he gets this this team playing to their best there's no doubt that we would already finish better than last season because we talked about this before but no one in the midfield did well last season. You went into auto tune uh, mode again. Yeah, you went into auto tune mode again. Yeah. What is auto tune mode? You know that. Uh, well, never mind. Just repeat what you said. I know what auto tune is, but what is oh. what is auto tune mode? Sometimes your connection like craps out or something, and and that's what you sound like. You sound like you're speaking in in auto tune. Oh, oh, that's pretty cool. Should, let me know when I'm doing it. I'll start like singing. It'll be fun. Okay. Um, yeah, do do uh, that share song. That'll be good. What's the chair song? Share, share, like the, the Don't believe in love after love? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I can't sing that. Um. Anyway, yeah, so the midfield was pretty crappy last year for the most part. So if, if, if Garcia can do something as simple as, like, get everyone just playing to, like, a decent level... We, we would already be like in contention for a Europe, Europa League spot, like at the least. It's, I, to me, it's like kind of that simple. If, if Maikon and Balzaretti can be 50% of the players they were at their peak, if De Rossi and Pianic can get anywhere near their best, and if Tolti and Lamella can pick up where they left off last season, that's, that's a hell of a team. You know, that's, it's kind of, the pieces are there. It's putting the puzzle together that's been our issue. Um, and, and that's why I think this, the strategic part of this Mercato is so different. And, and yeah. so much more valuable because it's, it's that, it's bringing in those guys that, that level of steadiness that is needed to kind of keep things, you know, we may not be as high as the highs we've had, but we hopefully won't be as low as the lows either. What do you guys think about Trevino? Um, he just, well, <laughs> I have a few Arsenal fans and, uh, they were like, thank you. Thank you for getting him. <laughs> you could also see it on Twitter that they were happy to offload him. But, uh, you know, this guy was so good in Lille under Garcia that even mm-hmm. Hazard uh, in Chelsea said he was probably the best player uh, he ever saw in the league or the French league. So uh, I actually think if he can find... If he, if Garcia can get that player back, I think he can even bring us something else up front. I don't expect him to score a lot of goals because uh, it seems like he he's not the best or uh, the best <laughs> of goal scorers, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, he did do. He had decent yeah. numbers under um, under Rudy Garcia at Lille, yeah. at least one season. I think combined uh, goals and assists that year, I think it was like 23. I'm making these up because I don't have the numbers in front of me, so that could be wrong. Um, it was around there, though, something like that. Yeah, I think he had one year where he was 12 and 12, and then one year where he was maybe 15 and... and it was like and 15 and 7, I want to say, 15 yeah, and 8, something like that. like that. So uh, I am an Arsenal fan, so I can actually speak to this a, a little bit at least. What? Anyway. You're an Arsenal fan? Yeah. I think you're a Roma fan, Greg. Well, uh, of course I'm a Roma fan, <laughs> Um, but when the Premier League is playing, that's where my allegiances lie. Um, but I, so to your point, Julian, I will say that the, uh, the Champions League match penalties and all that, I was not happy <laughs> that Arsenal was moving on. Does that make you feel better? No, not really. Okay, good. Here we go. Um, you know, I don't know that he was always deployed in the way that he was accustomed to or in the way that he yeah. was so successful uh, when he was at Lille while he was at Arsenal. 
Um, and I think League 1 is probably closer to Serie A than it is to the Premier League, too. Probably, so. but still, I, I think if you just strip away all that, and, you know, he's got some issues with finishing and stuff like that, but it's not as bad as I think they'd have you believe. It's just that the, the times that he has missed, they've been just, like, really glaring ones. So it tends to be magnified <laughs> times 10 when yeah. that's the case. Um, hey, you know who but, we should get who's available on the market that we could never afford, but we should try anyway? Eto. Eto. That would yeah. be sick. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we, these aren't, these aren't like, like for like guys. I mean, what, what you're gonna get from Gervinho is... I'm not, no, I'm not comparing him to Gervinho, I'm just saying, I, I read this morning that Anzi was having, like, in the middle of, like, a financial meltdown. Yeah. 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 We should we should cast on that. Too. Could you imagine this team with like Totti feeding Samuel Eto? That'd be unbelievable. But they, I think they said he would be willing to go down to like six and a half, which I think is even above what De Rossi makes. And I'm pretty sure De Rossi's contract says he has to be the highest paid player at Rome. So that that would take a lot of finagling. But you know, yeah. just yeah. a dream. Uh, but anyway, with with Gervinho, what you're getting is you're getting pace off the wing, either wing. You're getting pace off the wing, and you're getting somebody that's going to attack. And challenge the defense and draw the defense out. So if you yeah. just look at it from that perspective, that that's his skill set, that's the things that he brings to the table. I think you could see that he could be very, very positive for He's this interesting team. depth too. Yeah, I, I think uh, like when you look at the other, the flip side is Lamella, right? Lamella has attacking speed, but he when he gets closer to the goal, he slows everything down. And he's very poor protecting the ball. And I, I just had this conversation with somebody, I think, yesterday. I, I, I cannot stand the way Lamella opens basically his body for the defenders to come and take the ball away from him. Um, yeah, but he's so young. I mean, Greg, you're, yes, you're no, working on a guy I, that's like I, I understand. a high goal scorer last season. I, I understand all of that. But if you want to just look at what he did, if you want to just look at what he did, that's fine. But... How many three-on-twos did we have moving forward in a game that, say, we either tied or lost by one goal where he just completely, like, his third touch was, like, five yards, ten yards out in front of him. We lost the ball. I think that's also, that's also comes from his inexperience and partially it comes from the fact that he's, he's such, like, an attacking presence for us that he's inevitably going to end up losing the ball sometimes. You know, it's like, it's like how Totti, I think, he, 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 at one point last season, he had lost more balls than anyone, but no one's gonna sit here and say Tolti had a bad season. In fact, we're all talking about how great of a season he had. It was just because he was so involved that you're gonna inevitably end up losing more than most other people because you're gonna have more than most other people. Yeah, but when, when it's the same problem over and over again, that's when I start getting a little bit concerned because there's no, no that's adjustment. When you hope, and that's so when you hope far, that with the age and maturity, he'll, he'll iron out his game a little bit. Completely and totally agree. However, this preseason, which I understand it doesn't matter, but he's been terrible and he hasn't corrected any of those things. I'm not saying he's yeah, a bad player. I'm just trying to say, and I know that he's young, but that doesn't change the fact that we need him to be just as good as the players that are not young if we were to actually win something. Right. He, he'll make it. I think it's interesting now because we potentially have replacements for everything up front. We have. Borriello and Gil- Borriello, I almost say Gilardino. We have Borriello and Osvaldo for like the center role of the nine. You have Totti coming in off his flank and you could probably throw Gervinho with him. And then if Lamella ever goes down, you could throw like Florenzi, who is like the ultimate utility player. Um, yeah. and you, you forgot Destro as well up front. 
Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, and then once Destro comes back from injury, I think, I think that's probably the reason we haven't sold either Osvaldo or Borriello yet, which is because, because Destro's injured, if any one of them were to go down injured too, or if we sold them, we'd be pretty thin up front. I could yep. see Destro comes back from injury and then we ship off Borriello again if he ever decides to cut his wages, or Osvaldo if he ever wants to leave. Um, well, I think yep. it's just a it's matter just of, uh, I just think it's a matter of, um, uh, the right offer coming in uh, because it seems like the club is eager to get rid of one of them. Uh, oh, yellow who's been yeah, sent out on one of them. Yeah, but Borriello is for me. I, we could. I would wish that we kept him because he's an he's an excellent player. Uh, actually, he just you know the wages he has. It's kind of ruins the whole idea of of. of uh, Reorganizing the wage structure in the club, and you yeah. keep that guy. But he's good enough to stay, and, and that's fine. He's professional, that's fine. But Osvaldo, as you know, I, I, uh, I think it was uh, Stuart Harper who wrote the piece on Osvaldo today. Did you guys see it? No. Oh, uh, uh, I have seen it actually. And I he, got early. I got special early previews because Stu's my boy. I almost see him as him and Osvaldo as like the same exact person now. They're, they're Stuart, both Stuart strikers. and Osvaldo. I feel the same Not way. Not Osvaldo, <laughs> Stuart maybe whatever. But um, you've seen the Facebook pictures. Um, no, 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 it's uh, they're both like they're both they could be good strikers, but they spend a lot of time whining and they have anger issues that they keep overshadowing them. Um, that being said, I still think Osvaldo has had ever since he came over, he's he's been a very good goal scorer for us. He misses some. I'm not saying he's, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo over here, um, in terms of finishing, but, but he's, he's always been a, you know, he scored like, I think 29 goals in, in two seasons for us, something like that, since coming over. That's, that's really not that bad at all. No, it, um, it's, it's actually great. And I think that was the point of, from Stuart that, uh, even though we, we changed coaches and went from one system to another, he kept, uh, and maintained the, uh, his goal uh, scoring ratio, which is every second game, I think. At what cost, though? When I look at, at Osvaldo, I don't see the goals. I see all the drama that he creates. I see all the extra questions that have to be asked and answered by the rest of the team and by the coaches. I see the suspensions. I see a lot of problems that I'm not sure the goals outweigh. Yeah. I see Let's so much he, attitude. He and and this team is trying to grow. They're trying to change. They're trying to improve. And I think you need to kind of just get rid of those kinds of attitudes and just have people that are there for the team and to grow the team. Listen, he's yeah. in it for himself. There's no doubt about it. And he's and he, done he good. He left the team during the Derby, and he went to England. Let's not forget. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, And, and did that have any impact on the game? No. But what it meant was... After the game, the players are exhausted. That's what they have to talk about. Is that something they need? No, not at all. That's, you know, but that, now they have to deal with it because of the decisions that he made yeah. that are selfish. It's not, even, you know? it's not even so much that that bothered me. It's the fact that the mere fact that he didn't want to be there for one of the most important games of the season, it says it all, really. Even if he wasn't allowed to play, his, how how could you not want to be there for the Derby? Why would you even want to leave to go to England for that? You know, and I get it. The press doesn't treat him the best. You know, it let's the the Italian press definitely has its favorite players and its least favorite players, and it will it, it doesn't really change opinion on that ever. I think I think it's they're pretty much set in stone once that happens. But 
on the other hand, he should have been there, and I really think there's no excuse for him not being there. No, I agree, and so that's so you have to expect more of that to come this year if he stays. And I don't think there's enough or any value in yeah. keeping him when that is what you're more than likely going to face again. So whether it's a red card or some other scenario that, that puts him out of a, out of his uniform, I just, you know what? Find a place that he wants to go to. At this point, I don't even care if it's in league. I do. No more, no more selling players to rivals. If they want to leave, they got to go overseas. Ship them out. Let them do their thing elsewhere. You know, it it sucks. We saw Mexis to Milan, and they're in the Champions League. We saw Fuchinich to Juve, and they won the Scudetto twice. If 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 they want to win, they got to find players that aren't coming from rivals. That that's pretty shitty. But I I don't know that we're gonna have a choice because. Once again, he's Baptiste. Well, he's, he's been linked. He's been linked a lot to Spain, and he did pretty well when he was over in Spain. I think he, a return to Spain would do well with him. He's, he's turned well, down maybe every he does. Spain that's reportedly come in. Yeah, but how much of that is is paper selling papers, and how much of that is truth? It's hard to say. I mean, really only only the directors at Rome know exactly what he's turned down. The rest of it, I take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but maybe he deserves another shot under Garcia and. Uh, Keep in mind that it's also World Cup next uh, summer, so that's true. He's everyone want he wants to play, he wants to be. So I kind of understand he doesn't want to go to Southampton, and get, I think it's safer to him to stay in Italy. And I think that's the reason why why it's so hard to offload him, because it's after a World Cup he he might be interested in going somewhere else. Well, I, I think it's really going to test. The medal of Garcia, uh, you know, if he can, if he's really a good enough manager to kind of control and manage, uh, you know, this kind of an attitude and this kind of a player, because, you know, we just cannot afford that kind of disruption anymore. I agree. But still, it's hard to do. You know, the club seems to be trying to offload him, but, um, if it's just Inter and Napoli, yeah. who well, he can. De- I think he'll definitely fetch a bigger price than Bordiello would. So if we could sell him, I would absolutely not sell him to Inter or Napoli at any cost. But if if we could sell him, you know, maybe to like Arsenal or Real Zaragoza, I don't know, somewhere, and he get get big enough price. It's not like I'm going to miss him like I miss Marquinhos. Uh, but on the other hand, you guys, you know, you guys are right, and Stewart's right in that he he produces and he produces the good. And the bad, but he is a scorer and he scores a lot of goals. But at some point, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to address how much we're gonna rely on Destro. When Destro is healthy, I really think he should be the the main striker up top, and we have to see if Borriello and and Osvaldo are okay with that. Well, what do you think, based on everything we just said? (laughs) Probably not. But then in that case, they should. No way, Osvaldo's gonna be happy. Well, Borriello, Mister Twenty Five Thousand Goals a Season, is not gonna be happy either because we've already. I'm through this with him and Ranieri. Um, right. But th- which begs the question, why are they still here if they know, if they think that that's a possibility? And there's no way the three of them can play up front together. I, I then just, someone's got to be benched. I just think that Borrello will be happy staying put if money is the only reason that keeps him here because we can't get any money. Uh, I, I don't think we can expect uh, anything, uh, you know, 
I don't think he's on the market in that sense that we can get money from him. It's a question uh-huh. of how much money can we lose because uh, we had to pay half his salary when he was at Genoa, and I don't think they paid anything for that loan. So it's only it's a matter of keeping Boriello and paying all the salary or giving him away more or less. Uh, so um, Osvaldo is the only person who we can get, you know, uh, a decent amount of money for. Uh, so, so having Destro up front, Boriello as a backup, I think that's fine because I think Boriello is aware of. Uh, the I would have really loved Gilardino as a backup. That would have been that would have been so ideal. I think. Yeah, but that would have been expensive. I think. No. About, uh, you guys want to go over the friendlies, right? We're going to talk about the friendlies a little bit. But before the friendlies, uh, maybe we should just mention my con. Um, I haven't seen the friendlies, but and uh, after talking, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I just saw the one of the goals. I don't know which friendly it was, but he seemed quite positive. He had a nice assist for Florenzi, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that since. Uh, uh, Cassetti's perhaps better days a long time ago. I think that's more like Tonetto. Yeah, on the left back, Cassetti. perhaps. Right, yeah, on, on the other side, but yeah. Yeah. So that was. I, think, I was going to say, I, I tweeted this out, um, at the time that that goal happened. And, you know, it was basically words to the effect of, you know, dear Roma fullbacks, you know, I, I hope you're paying attention because that's what you have to do when you get the ball in those areas. We so many times just blindly cross the ball into the box. There was a handful of times last year where we put the ball in the box and we didn't even have a body in there. Yeah. And, and I unfortunately uh, remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing he did was after he made the fantastic move to get by two defenders is he picked his head up and he looked, he drove a little bit more, picked his head up again, looked, and then saw where Florenzi was and put the ball where he could get to yeah. it. And that's that's what it. I mean by it seems like a low-risk gamble because we know somewhere in there is a great player and maybe age is taking a little bit of that. But it's really that simple. If we can get a decent fullback who can defend well and put in a occasionally good cross, that's already a massive upgrade from last season. You know, like that's yeah. the, the bar is so low in the fullback area that even Mike on an aging Mike on. You know, that, that might be all it takes this season to get, to not have one of the worst defenses in the league again. You know? Um, and, yeah, and, and then you, you made at, that at point worst case, your, you figure Dodo can learn a lot. Yeah, and you made that point. These are, this is one of your five things for the season, right? Yeah, this or, is, uh, yeah, I did make that point. Mm-hmm. And, which is, it's very valid. Yeah. And the other thing that we just talked about is related to Osvaldo applies to Mike on. He wants to, I mean, this is the world cup in his home country. There's nobody on this planet more motivated to get back to a national team selection than Mike on right now. Yeah. That benefits us in countless ways. So as long as his body can hold up, I think we're in good shape with Mike on. And he's not, I don't think he's terribly old either. I think he's, he's what, like 33, something like that. It's not like he's 37 and we went to get him. He, he probably has another good year or two in him. If, if, you know, if, he's not going to be like he was at Inter in 
the glory days, but as long as he's not, you know, he's not facing Gareth Bale every week, he should be okay. <laughs> right. We didn't have any questions, but um, I will ask you this. Are, are we satisfied with the current uh, roster or rooster, which I like to call it? <laughs> yes. That's a, uh, I believe that was a uh, season one of the Magic Cast uh, comedy uh, routine, the yes, rooster. If, you've, if you remember that, you've probably been listening to us for far too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I am I am not satisfied as of yet. What would you What would you give your satisfaction rating on a scale of one to ten, and what would be needed to fix that satisfaction rating? Um, I would say that I'm probably in like a six and a half, maybe. Wow, you're very me. Okay. Um, and, and why would you say that? I I just I mostly because of the Boriello and Osvaldo situation. I think that the longer this thing looms, the longer it's going to hang over us. And if it extends into the season, there, it's just going to be a new story every single day of the season until something is done. So the non-sale for me is an issue. So that's why it's dinged. Now, if you look at, if you want to ask me about just the people coming in, um, I'd be much higher than that, probably like an eight and a half. Uh, I still, I still like to see, because I want those two out, another forward option or attacking mid, uh, type player yeah. brought in. Um, that won't happen and, unless one of them leaves though. We gotta get a sale first. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, but that's what I, I'd like to see happen and, and maybe another, uh, defensive, uh, you know, somebody on the fullback side. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm pretty much with Greg. I'd say I'm probably about a seven. I've, I, I think this is by and large the final squad. I really can't see us making any late changes now. Um, the thing that concerns me most is fullback depth because if if Balzaretti goes down or Mykon goes down, I mean, who, who do we realistically have to throw in there? We have Dodo and Torosidis. Oh, we have Torosidis. That's right. I always forget about him. Yeah, he's actually pretty he's good. good. I like him. He's good. Yeah, yeah. we like. So that, I mean, we that's like. not terrible. Dodo is really a winger. I really don't think he's a fullback, but Toto yeah. Sidis is also super flexible and he could play on either flank. So he's not terrible depth to have and I, I think he's actually a pretty tidy player too. Um, and we even have yes, Tadei behind them again, so. Yeah, that's definitely true. You, no more Tadei, please. I, I will say this and I, I tweeted this and I'm saying this with a complete and total straight face even though I'm laughing. <laughs> the first two friendlies, at least in terms of how he played, he was the best regista we've had since Pizarro <laughs> left. Seriously? What year is this? 2005 or was this this summer? N I'm he played, he played in the first couple friendlies. That's the role he played. And he was, was outstanding. Kind of that was before like we had a team and a coach. That was in like 2006. Um, no, I know. <laughs> it was a few months ago. One month no, ago. No, I know. Maybe that's his real role, and we've just been like wasting him on the wing. It could be. But he was Matt, good on the wing when he was not 85. But that's true. Um, yeah, I just don't want to see his boots anymore. He played well. It's it's one of those things. It's like when he goes out there, it's it's kind of like throwing in the flag a little bit. It's like, listen, we really don't have anyone else. We, this is kind yeah. of all we. Got. <laughs> We're after. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a good squad. It, the 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 we're lucky because we don't have Europe. If we had a European competition, Sing the Julian, squad wouldn't Sing. be sufficient. We probably Sing. need at least. 
Oh, were we in auto-tune? Um, yes, you were. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we reach Europe next year, that's when we're going to have to start worrying about adding quality and selling some of these players. For a team that only has Serie and the Copa to focus on, it's probably good enough. That's yeah. up to It's up to Rudy Garcia now. That's really what it comes down to. How much do you trust in Rudy? Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't have much to add to your... Uh, your seven and uh, your six and a half. Uh, do you want to wrap it up with some Garcia and friendly thoughts? I think we should probably wrap it up now. Next time we could do like a season preview, um, because an hour pod is already pretty long, and I don't want to lose people like halfway through this. Yeah. So, but we are happy with the friendlies, then I reckon. Yeah, I, I mean, we we touched on the friendlies a bit. I, overall, I'd say it's hard to read a lot from friendlies. Um, I was pretty happy that, uh, you know, we went toe to toe with Chelsea for a long time. We ended up losing to, to a late goal, which always sucks. But with the kind of money Chelsea spend and the kind of ambitions that they have, we really have no right to even be in their league. But again, it, it's so hard to read into friendlies because how many players end up changing by the end of the game, the fact that no one wants to get injured, the fact that they don't really count for anything. I think it was good opposition this year, though. Chelsea is a good opposition. The All-Star game is always against good players, even if you're putting them on a team that doesn't have any chemistry. Um, and then who else did we even play? We played um, Toronto, which are a really terrible team, even by MLS standards. Um, yeah, there was that Aris, those are like this, let's run up the scoreline kind of games. You really can't read anything from those whatsoever. Isn't that 1-1? Um, did that game end 1-1? Yeah, that's my point. Though. You can't read anything from it, Greg. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because then, you know, whatever. It's just, it's really for fitness, I think, more than anything else at that point. Um, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think, uh, you know, yeah, the, you can't really think about the opponents too much, except for when you're taking on a, a Chelsea-type. Uh, and, you know, the All-Star game has it, had its merits for, for what it was. Um so you really got to kind of just look at how the, how did they play? Did they? I mean, you can win four one, and you can win four one. You know, I mean, it's really very very <laughs> different depending upon how they play. And and yeah, four four one could be they were awesome and they completely and totally dominated. And four one could be the other team made a few mistakes and they got lucky, and the scoreline didn't really indicate yeah. how close the game was I think or we, how poorly the team played. So yeah, I think it's the important thing for the is most to see, part, like. I was just going to say the important thing is to see like how the guys are kind of getting along, and there seems to be a good team spirit. It's pretty evident on the pitch. Yeah, exactly, and it, it just it seems like there's a you know there's a certain level of understanding, and uh, which is great considering how early it is in the process, and and they've really only had uh, you know x amount of practices together with the full team, and then we consider this incredibly terribly timed international uh, break. Um, which, in all honesty, is there ever a very well-timed international break? Not um, for So it's just tough because now they're going to have to go and, and get settled again, and and they don't have Gervinho now because he's out with, uh, you know, he's playing with with the Ivory Coast, and and there's just all this sorts of external things. So when you when you look at everything and you try to step back and say, okay, has this team progressed? Do they look like they're a better team than either than last year or than when they started? And I have to say yes. I mean, there were some things I didn't like about the Chelsea match, but for the first time they were play, playing players that really kind of tested themselves or that tested uh, Roma. So I, I think there's 
room for improvement for sure, but I I really like uh overall what I'm seeing from the squad. And I think a lot of that has to do with Garcia. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, go ahead Greg, make your wrap. Um okay, I'm going to wrap it up and I don't wrap, but to be topical, <laughs> should I should I name all the rappers that uh I think that this podcast is better than, or all the other podcasts that this podcast is better than. Yeah, but you better not name my rapping. Okay. One of the things that this podcast is better than. Yeah, you know, your Twitter rapping is... Uh, legendary. It's, it's legendary. It is legendary. I will also state that sometimes things that are legendary doesn't mean that it's good. Okay. I want to thank everybody for listening to La Magicast. This is our 9,999th podcast, which means <laughs> next time it's 10,000, everyone. Amazing. I just, Alex. just want to add one thing, though. Uh, I expected um, uh, Baptista Ing to be the next YOLO expression after this podcast. We didn't even I, cover I, Baptista Ing. No, we didn't. So that we, was did, we did a little bit. We talked a little bit about Boriello and, uh, and Osvaldo. You, you didn't define that. the term, though, for our listeners. Right? No, you didn't. Well, I would they think that they are savvy enough to understand. But just in case, uh, or just to, just to get Julian's uh, satisfaction on this, Baptista Ing refers to a player that refuses to go to several uh, of the opportunities that are presented to him uh, by the club. So... If you'll remember back to uh, Julio Baptista, the beast, uh, who was pretty much everything but for Roma, um, basically bought himself an entire extra season at Roma by refusing to go anywhere. And it wasn't until the following season that he finally agreed to leave the organization. And so right now, that is exactly what Osvaldo and Borriello are doing um, by refusing the offers that are coming their way. So Baptista-ing, it's a verb. We made it happen. <laughs> All right. All right. So thanks, everybody. Uh, Alex, Julian, guys, appreciate it. Loved it. Awesome. Ciao. Grazie, Roma. Ciao. Ciao.